Well, hello, Lighthouse Baptist Church. It is good to talk to you. This is Grant Combs. I'm sitting here with Patrick Cox. How you doing, Pat? Doing all right. How you doing? Yeah. So we're recording this because I'm going on vacation next week. So we're recording this a week early. But as this gets released, you're like 10 days from married? Not quite 10 days, but more like We're 18, getting close. 17, something like that. 17, not that it's you're counting. two and a half weeks. Actually, I actually think it might be 16. <laughs> <laughs> So so and and you're just the grin on your face is huge. Yes, we yeah. actually just got the marriage license this morning. Whoa! So let's just sign that thing right now. Yeah. Should don't we wait? Me. <laughs> for don't our for our self preservation, I would suggest we wait. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. But everybody in your family would hate you for the rest of yeah. We probably should wait for a wedding and have the big wedding and then do the thing. Yeah, we have a lot of young married folk around here at uh, at Lighthouse. So it's it's fun for all of us to cheer for you over this season. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Lauren's awesome. You're awesome. That's how I make a good marriage. Two awesome people. Um, so Cynthia Malorn today. Yeah. That is a good story. You know, I love uh, Cynthia's story. She's been on the peninsula for so long. Yeah. I'm almost everybody here is a transplant. Like you're from Santa Maria. I'm from even further south south than that mm -hmm. like we're all like from somewhere else here and uh there's just not very many people who grew up here mm -hmm. and so it's fun we've had a couple i think james frangella was kind of like yeah. that too and we have him in here in a couple of weeks and um so yeah just i mean the story of like ford ord when it's booming yeah yep and stories of like like pg in its infancy, really. Yeah, yeah. When it's just a tiny little town. Yeah, when it's when a Silomar campground is like most of it kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And uh and then at Lighthouse, like she she remembers when this property was a chicken ranch. Yep. There's not very there's a few around here that remember that, but but not that many. Not so that it's many. fun to uh see, you know, and again, just a life of faithfulness to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I you know, oh, this is what I was gonna say. I think I asked her at some point in the like 48th minute of this podcast or something like, Hey, what do you enjoy doing? Or what, mm -hmm. what do you do for fun or something? And she said, I like hanging out with Mike. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. That is a... so fun to go just faithful to God, faithful to your husband, still just enjoy church and enjoy mm -hmm. hanging out with the dude you married. And that's, that's a fun kind of life to hang out with. I agree. So what's that's... going on around here? Um, we have uh, it's mainly VBS right VBS now. VBS on yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday nights. nights. Yep, um, that, that's going to be going through all of July, correct? All of July. If you didn't come to last week, don't sweat it. Mm -hmm. If you haven't signed up, don't sweat it. We've got registration for you here. It's a great time to just to in, invite neighborhood kids to hear a Bible story, do a craft, have some fun, sing some songs. We should have crafts in church. I would more, agree. That'd be more I would fun. Agree. Yeah. yeah. Who says adults people, can't doodle? Yeah, we need like. <laughs> well, that's Most why of them we do it anyways. That's why we hand out that note page so people can doodle. Yeah, we need we need more adult coloring pages, grown up coloring pages. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> what we need. All right, this is going everywhere it shouldn't go. Hey, Pat, play yep, the music. We'll do.
All right, so welcome back to Lighthouse Stories. I'm Grant, and I am here with my dear friend, Cynthia Malorin. Cynthia, um, the, when I first candidated here, uh, you and the Sheffields took my family out to lunch. You remember yes, this? we did. I do. Yeah, I that do. was fun. And I remember you talking about Mike being away at the fires. That's right. And that was my first uh, kind of information about any of, of all of that. And now here we are a few years later, just doing church together and having a good time. That's right. Well, I appreciate you coming in. Well, you're more than welcome. So, so I'm glad we're doing this a few years later. I'm glad you're my pastor. <laughs> yeah, it's worked out okay. You know, it really has been such a neat little fit, you know, so mm -hmm. much about about where God calls you is just about, you know, personality fit and, and enjoying the company of the family. And this is such a, such a sweet little church family. And I oh, so enjoyed you. it. And you've been in this sweet little church family since the earth was cooling and, <laughs> but since you were a kid. Since February 26, 1956. Holy smokes. I was nine years old. That was nine my birthday. Very good. So this is a podcast where we just want to hear your story. Just, you know, I mean, I've heard some of it, but I'd love to just get the full uh, story of your life. And then um, and then we like to wrap things up here in a while by talking about what gives you hope and and what gives you joy. What do you what do you enjoy? So let's start at the beginning. Where were you born? I was born in Elizabethton, Tennessee. Oh, really? Yes. Tennessee. Out Where in Tennessee is that? That's is up it? in the... Um, Northern Corner, the Tri-City, Kingsport, Elizabethton, Johnson City. All right. Do you have memories of living there? A little. Right. A little bit. Uh, when I was 18 months old, we moved up to New Jersey where my dad was stationed in the Army. Okay. And um, our year old, some, some around in there. Uh -huh. And then when my dad went to Germany, my mom took my sister and I back to Tennessee. Uh -huh. I think about her driving two little girls from New yeah. Jersey to... Tennessee. And I'm and sorry, where was, where was dad? He was, he was in Germany in now. Germany. And, yeah. and then it wasn't, you didn't go with your spouse. You waited until they got quarters for you. Oh, I see. And that was in 1952. And dad went by ship. Uh -huh. And, um, then eight months later he had quarters and mom packed us up and took us back to New York, loaded the car on the ship. And we went by ship 10 days over the North Atlantic. Let me tell you in February. And how old are you then? Five. Five. So, so you remember that. I do. I remember getting very sick. On the ship. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Eh. I remember getting off the train, and it was snowing in Germany, and my dad met us. Oh. And we hadn't seen him for eight months. Uh-huh. And, and you have one sister? I have one sister. she older? Younger. Younger. I'm the oldest. So three, three ladies, your mom and your yourself and your younger sister, just... Making that trip by yourself. By ourselves. Yeah. And I, th I think about my mom. You know, you didn't know my mom. No. It's been almost 10 years since she went to heaven. Mm. Um, but I think about, you know, all the stuff she did when mm. she was a young woman. Mm -hmm. And she's the one that brought us to church. Mm. You know, my dad was on duty or something. out of, And she said when we came to Fort Ord after three years in Germany, mm. and she always worked in the chapel you know, the Sunday mm -hmm. school, and we yep. went to church in the chapel, and she tried it out at Fort Ord, and I, I really don't know why she didn't like it, but she decided she wanted actually to go to a Nazarene church, because she had uh, uncles that were Nazarene preachers, and she went there one Wednesday night, and it was closed. 
Oh, really? Oh, man. <laughs> so she drove down to, with my sister and I, Hillsdale and Sonoma, yeah. where the original church was, and it was open. Ah. So well, then we came that's in. The, that's the big evangelistic <laughs> tool, apparently, is just keep the doors open. <laughs> see, if we, see if we can do that. Okay, so, so well, let's go back to Germany. So you were five to eight. You, yes. So you remember... Kind yes. of part of your growing up in Germany. Yes. How spectacular. Much. Yes. What was like school like and what was it like growing up a little bit in Germany? Well, you know, we were all um, kids of army. Okay. It was all army. Uh -huh. it was, my dad was in the hospital there in Würzburg. Hmm. And so um, we had a maid. Everybody oh. had a maid. Yeah. Everybody had a maid. Yep. I mean, it was no big deal right just and the quarters help. were all furnished including crystal and china and regular dishes huh. and you just brought your um how do they term it i don't know if it was household goods which were your clothes yeah or not and so stuff was just stored in jersey no in tennessee oh in tennessee yeah i see the stuff that was in the apartment in tennessee was stored it was stored yeah. and then um and so did you have i mean you made friends but mostly american army kids Oh, yeah. We didn't. Okay. We didn't. Other than our um, German maids, we really I mean, we went out on the economy, if you will, uh -huh. you know, but no one lived on the economy like they do now. In fact, I said that to Caleb. Woo, woo. Are you going to live on the economy? And he goes, what? <laughs> I said in civilian life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I said, didn't know what that meant. Yeah. It's quarters. Okay. Now it's quarters. They call it quarters. We call it the economy. The economy yeah. out amongst the people. Yeah. So you lived on the base. And what did your dad do in the army? He was in the hospital. Okay. And I don't know what he did in Germany. I really don't. Huh. At Fort Ord, he was a recruiter in the oh. hospital. Oh, I see. So. Huh. So you've, I mean, you volunteer in a hospital still. It's always been a place that you had a sense of call and saw the importance of. I did. And my dad volunteered and my daughter volunteered at CHOMP. Ah. She was a candy striper. So did your dad retire from the Army, or did he have a civilian career after that? Or? He did retire from the Army, and he did have a civilian career after that. What did he do? He worked for the school district, Monterey School District, huh. and he drove the big van. What did he do? Drove a big van. <laughs> drove a big van. He was the big van oh, driver. Oh, it, um, it was school supplies. He delivered oh, okay. school supplies to different huh. schools. That's what he did. Very I cool. remember. And did your mom work when you were? She did. She worked here. She worked. She retired from Sears. She was in um, mm. there. Well, it was Olympia Plaza at that time. I don't know what it's called now. Uh, it's across the street from where BMW is in the auto center. Okay. Okay. That yep. little yep. plaza. Yep. Um, there was a Sears catalog store and she worked in there answering huh. the phones. Huh. So a lot of people did, you know catalog orders and then it'd come in and you'd go to the catalog stores and pick up your orders yeah we've come full circle like catalogs kind of went out of fashion and now we're on the internet which is just a digital catalog yeah when we lived in germany my mom ordered our clothes from catalogs uh -huh. montgomery ward i don't yeah. know about sears then but maybe so and it was so exciting to see that big box being delivered you yeah know, your winter clothes yeah you know well my mom made a lot of our clothes when i was little and especially like our halloween costumes oh yeah and i always said the my least favorite place in the whole world when i was a kid was a fabric store like i felt <laughs> like my mom would walk yes. me into a fabric store and i would feel like there's no oxygen in here <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the way. That's the way Tiff uh, Tiff says. That's the way she feels when we go into Guitar Center. You know, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it's what are we doing? What are we doing here? Yeah. But um, you, to- your mom tortured you. you yeah, tortured your mom. yeah, that's Jeez. right. So, uh, but I remember her like sitting me down and looking through the catalogs for your a costume. Halloween costume, and then she would buy the you know fabric and. And I would get to watch it come alive in the in the living room. And then it would be well worth your trip. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I I was probably a little selfish dude and never thought, wow, that was really worth it. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Now <laughs> now now I know. <laughs> I still uh, I still the uh, a fabric store is still not my favorite place <laughs> in the whole world. I can't do much with that. Okay, so so. Um, you moved from Germany to Fort Ord? Yes, we did. So you're eight years old? Nine. Nine well, years eight, old. Eight and a half. So somewhere right. around there. Yeah. Eight, nine years old when you first become a resident of the Monterey Peninsula. Yes. And you've been here ever since. Yes. That, like, this is very much a place that everybody's from somewhere else. Like, that's a pretty, like, rarity to be here for that long. I you know. know. There, there are people, I'm sure, that, that uh, have you know, spent their whole life here, but there's a lot of people that are from somewhere else. Um, it's a good place to grow up though. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Fabulous place. I, Fort Ord was terrific. Uh, you know, did you live on the base most of the time? We did the whole time. Oh, you know, really? My, my parents believed in quarters. They didn't believe the economy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's something to be said for that. <laughs> and the street that we lived on, you can't get to it anymore. They really? just let the quarters go when, you know, Fort Ord, didn't become yeah. i mean when it stopped being a base yeah slowly but surely some of the housing just deteriorated and so you went to you went to school so the elementary school that's near where margaret and fenton live and i don't know what the name of it is i went to school there for fourth grade this is the interesting part about being a military kid so after that they decided we needed to go to school on fort ord proper in old wax barracks i don't even know what that is Wax, like women, women army corps. Oh, I see. Okay, that's where they lived during World War II. I see. Okay, so there's a whole school there. So we went fifth and sixth grade there, and then where these um, condos are over on Kimball. Yeah, that was the middle school that I went to, which was Fremont, but it was a junior high. Went there seventh grade. Then they decided, well, let's move these army kids again. So they packed us up and moved them all, moved us all the way up to Walter Colton. Oh wow! So between fourth and seventh grade, you made the grand tour of, of the schools. And then finally, after Walter Colton in tenth grade, when it was seven, eight, and nine, that's when the middle schools became ninth grade. Uh huh. Ten, eleven, twelve. I graduated from Monterey High. From Monterey High, go doors. Go doors. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Like, if you were going to look at, you know, Monterey then, Monterey now, what are some of the biggest differences? Well, one of the things, I there's a picture of that was posted of the Custom House. Yeah. On the, the old Custom. I mean, uh-huh. it's not, it's the same Custom House, but when you used to go to Pacific Grove and you could drive right by the Custom House and then catch the corridor to Pacific Grove. Okay. Now, Urban Renewal came in and made it all that plaza. Yep. So that has really changed a lot. And at that time, there was no tunnel. They put the tunnel in when Mike was in Vietnam and put the freeway when Mike was in Vietnam. Like Highway 1? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah. When Mike came back from Vietnam, the winter of 69, it rained every day in January. Every huh. day. And going toward Pacific Grove, or no, going toward Monterey, no, sorry, Seaside, that hillside across from Del Monte Shopping Center yep. washed down into the slow lane. Oh, really? It wasn't stable at wow. all. Wow. Every, every day there'd be dirt on the road, you know, mud and stuff like that. And Mike... When Mike said he flew over, it's like, oh, my gosh, what happened to my home? <laughs> so, okay, so you graduate from Monterey High School. What's life like when you're in high school? What kind of stuff did you do? What did you do for a good time? Did you have some friends you were running around with? Or? Oh, we did. We went to the football games, and I was in a club called Future Homemakers of America, and <laughs> we sold hot dogs at the football games, and I had a boyfriend, and girlfriends and you know there was yeah. a big youth group here at church and mm. a lot of us went to monterey high there were some that went to peachy high no carmel kids no yeah no. and there, those were the only two there was carmel high pg high and monterey high so no seaside high no seaside wasn't built until the class of 64 no the class of 65 started okay yeah. so you there was no seaside high school no Oh, that's interesting. I didn't and there know was that. just Monterey was so big that they needed to do something. So yeah. that's why they built Seaside High. Man, I, I imagine, especially with Fort Ord active, there were just tons of kids. Tons of kids. Oh, there were a lot of kids. And you, we'd walk down to Alvarado. There was so much fun to walk down to Alvarado. You know, living out at Fort Ord, you feel like you're so isolated. Mm. You know, you t your fr my friends are Italian and Portuguese and. Which I didn't know. I thought they were just American kids. Yeah. I mean, in the Army, we all have different last names, right? Yep. And they talk about going to their grandparents' house after school. And my grand my grandmother died when I was in sixth grade, and my grandfather died when I was a freshman in college, and he lived in Tennessee. So there's no going huh. to grandparents' house. Right. So you grew up kind of feeling isolated, like not a lot of extended family around. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like the cousins are coming over no. and that kind of stuff. No. There, there was not that at all, uh -huh. you know. So that's one of the reasons. And Mike was the same, same way mm -hmm. coming from Texas to Montana, that we wanted to really stay here so we would be near my yeah. sister at that time, her two kids, and my mom and dad. So our kids got grandparents. Yeah, that's so important. Yeah, you know, as you know, my parents lived a few counties away for a lot of our child raising years mm -hmm. and just moved up a few years ago. And man, it's good to have. Just to have family around. Some place, oh, you know, just some place when my kids think I'm a complete imbecile, they have some place to go and get some sympathy and, you know, a, a hug and whatever. And yeah, that's all super important stuff. Um, so you grew up here. I, I, I have to hear more about the future homemakers of America. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was um, all sorts of clubs in school at that yeah, time. The yeah. mathematics club. Um, the French club, the German club, the Spanish club, and you joined a club. So at the end of when you graduated, the back of the yearbook, it would show all the different things that you sure. did, yeah. you know, rather than just your name. Yeah. You know? And you were scholastically minded. You got decent grades. I and, did. Yeah. I and did. My dad wouldn't. I mean, wanted, <laughs> there was no getting bad. Yeah. <laughs> in those days, I don't think when you turned 16, it mattered what your grades were with the insurance company. Right. As opposed to now. Yeah. Now, you know, it good does. grades, good yeah. discount. That's right. Um, but yeah, my dad was pretty strict with us. Yeah. In, was education 
thought highly of in your house. Yes. Like you, you are going to You are going to well go to college. You, you are going to go to college. Exactly. So I did go to MPC for two years, but I decided I really didn't want to go. And my mom said, why don't you go to work at Bank America? Yeah. And that started my banking career. And you enjoyed that? I loved it. Is that right? That's something it. that you have a, an enjoyment for so and a skill I, for? I do. And I, and I was counting money the first Sunday of the month mm -hmm. here. And I was writing down, we had 120 tens, you know. Yeah. One times 100 equals 100. Yeah. Six twenties yeah. equals 120. And Linda Sheffield says, why are you doing that? And I said, uh, It's an old habit. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's from banking. Yeah. You know. It's just how you organize it. That's just, that's just me. Yeah. You know, so and and I so then my life went more toward a business career and I've been, you know, in bookkeeping. And finally, Patrick doesn't know, but in 2003, I went to work for my husband mm. in uh, insurance brokerage that he started. I always enjoy walking into that office, just seeing the two of you there. Like, I, I love that. Like, you know, Tiff runs the front right. office here, too. And it's so fun to just kind of have we do life together. Yes. You know, we're best buddies we're friends we do business together it's not this segmented you know for a long time you know we lived in marina and worked in carmel valley and there'd be whole days where i didn't see the family at all and go a couple of days without really connecting with tiff that's no good at all i, I love it having being it feels more like living a life rather than just living the segment of this is business and this is home or whatever yeah it's really it was really fun when mike said because i was teaching school pre-k and kindergarten yeah and um with some really good really nice christian women at um first presbyterian church on el dorado mm -hmm. and um he said either we hire somebody or you come to work for me mm. i was like oh yeah i love my job i love my kids well let's try to get from banking to teaching then so you started your professional career pretty young i did you were i was 19. 20 or 19 yeah. okay 19 which is a young woman at 19 to have the acumen and skill level to be working in a bank is pretty impressive. That's a, that's a good start. And you enjoyed working there. How long you worked for Bank of America? Well, I worked for Bank of America and I worked out at Fort Ord and that was the best part because there were 12 or 14 tellers, mm -hmm. busy bank and lots of GIs. Oh. <laughs> As a 19 year old, Young lady there were only two single girls. Oh man, Janie and me, and um, this is turning into a common theme at this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I remember after I'd met Mike here in church, and he came in in his drill sergeant, you know, hat and uh -huh. boots and stuff, and about melted on the floor, and the girls were going, "There he is! There he is!" <laughs> but I really enjoyed that. Then I went yeah. to work at Crocker in Pacific Grove. Oh um, yeah, Crocker Bank. Yeah, that's and your dad built one. Yes, he, uh, in Garden Grove, California. Yeah, he did indeed. Um, okay, so if I can, so I'm, I'm jumping back to kind of growing up in Fort Ord with uh, the not a lot of extended family around and stuff. And I've really noticed, you know, because I, I didn't live, I didn't live in a military heavy community until I got up here. And it seems like that's really where that sense of family and connection comes from is neighbors and other families in the military. Right. So did was there that sense in in Fort Ord as you were growing up that there was like a real connection with other military families and in doing life together kind of thing? You know, because I was a kid through uh -huh. high school, I don't necessarily 
there wasn't maybe even a real need in your heart no. for that. Yeah. Not, not, you know, no, I, I can't say that there was now, uh-huh. maybe for my parents there was, uh-huh. but there were a lot of military as is now, but even more so then here yep. in the church. Yeah. And so that was the common theme. You mm-hmm. know, when's your dad going to get orders? When are you going to move? Where are you mm-hmm. going to move? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, how long have you been here? How long do you think you're going to stay? You know. Everybody's kind of living a similar experience. Exactly. And, you know, do you go off and leave your friends? You know, what happens? Does your dad have enough time to retire? And when my dad got orders for Korea, we could have gone, lived in the embassy, Um Mom didn't want to take us out of school. Dad didn't want to go without us. And it was back and forth, back and forth for 90 days. Mm. And finally he said, well, I can retire. Hmm. So he retired. So he did. Started and then the we band. left Fort Ord and moved into Seaside. For th- I lived in Seaside for three years before mm-hmm. Mike and I got married. So let's, let's, what age are you when Mike enters the picture? 19. 19? That was a big year. You start a career and, uh, and meet Mike. I've heard him tell the story and it's excellent. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil his his version of the story because I look forward to him telling it sometime. But there's like a phone booth involved and trying to find a church and oh, ending shit. up at this one instead and and all of that. And I look forward to him telling that. But however it it happens, he he came to first first su- no it was first, first Baptist no church first, no first Southern Baptist Church. Oh, I thought it was first Baptist Church comma Southern. No. Okay. If it was, I don't know that. First Southern Baptist Church. We called it First Southern Baptist Church. So yeah. if there's a First Baptist, comma, Southern, I don't know anything <laughs> I about think, that I think part. it's written on the, the cornerstone oh. out there. Well, and so, then Alex Campbell changed it to uh, First Southern Baptist Church of the Monterey Peninsula. And Well, anyway. Uh, yeah. Whatever the name is. Yeah, it's what is been a Jesus-loving church? church for yeah. a long time, and we'll keep being a Jesus-loving yeah. church, whatever we call it. Um, so, so you met here? Mike and I met here one Sunday morning, uh-huh. and I was pretty well done with men. Is that because right? Because my longtime boyfriend and I had broken up. Nineteen's pretty early to be done. <laughs> yeah, I was but pretty you done. Yeah. So my mom, my girlfriend, and I sat in the back. In the back part of the church used to be chairs. Oh. And we didn't have the pews until 87, 88 when they okay. remodeled. Yep. So it was chairs back there. And we were sitting back there in the chairs and um, not paying attention to the pastor. <laughs> Guess what? Long, yeah. Yeah. And um, Mike came in, and it seems as though he was on my left. Uh-huh. And um, my mom came up and said, you need to go introduce yourself to that young man. He came to church by himself. I was like, Mom, I'm mm-hmm. not interested. And yeah. she just kind of maneuvered her way behind me and just kind of pushed me into his <laughs> Matchmaker, matchmaker, make match. <laughs> so I just entered, and at that time, everybody called me Cindy, so I just introduced myself to him and said, welcome to our church. We have training unit tonight. It starts at blah, 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 blah. I'll see you later. Goodbye. I did my job. Yeah, it was probably about as fast as I talked to uh-huh. you know, and I think he said his name was Dennis, because that's his first name. Yeah, yeah. And he probably said Malorn, and so that night... At home, my dad said, who's going with me to church? Sunday night church. Now we're talking. Yeah, we had Sunday night church for as long as I can remember. Sunday night, and finally I said, oh, if he comes, I should go. (laughs) It was training union. So, oh, because you had invited him. You had said, oh, well, we have training union. Hope to see you there. (laughs) So you might as well show up. So did he show up? He did. Yeah. He was there before me. There's two two options. There's two options there. Either he was there because he really loved Jesus or he was there because 
you had invited him. <laughs> and that's probably what was going on. <laughs> yeah, it probably was. <laughs> probably was. Yeah. So did you start a friendship? Well, and... we did. We went out that night. Oh, is that right? So I went in and introduced him to my dad. You just don't know my dad. My dad was like, you know, really hard on young men and mm. not his daughters and not mm-hmm. very friendly. And, mm. you know, um, so I said, Dad, and he's, Mike said, I go by Mike. I said, Mike invited me out for a Coke. Can I have a Coke? Can I go with him? Oh, yeah, sure. That's fine. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, Dad, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <All right. laughs> this is obviously the Holy Spirit at work. Yeah. So we did. We went to Foster Freeze, which is Grandma's Kitchen. Oh, yeah. Now on Mon- okay. in Monterey. And um, then we went out along the ocean, and we were out to midnight or longer. And my dad had this big piece of paper that kids at that time in kindergarten, first grade, used to draw mm-hmm. and then to write. And he drew a huge Coke and said, how big was the Coke? <laughs> Good old dad. Yeah. So that started, and six weeks later, we were engaged. No way. That's another reoccurring theme on this podcast. Yeah. Six weeks. And eight months after we met, we were married. Wow. You just, you just choose. I just knew. We both just knew that was the right person. And how long you been married? I was telling Patrick, it'll be 52 years, May 20th. 52 years. Eight weeks, no, six weeks of courting before you got engaged. Yeah. Eight months later, and then 52 years of hanging out and being buddies and running an insurance firm together. Exactly. <laughs> Try not to kill each other on yeah. a certain day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Ever considered divorce? No. Homicide? Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, okay, so you uh, you go from being a banker, you meet Mike. Your life is changing very quickly mm-hmm. in there. And in all of this, I mean, you mentioned church a lot, but there was a real vibrant relationship with Jesus, like you had come to faith as a child? I or did. When how'd, I was, that, how'd that work? Um, when I met the Lord, I was nine and it was April mm. after we started at the church, and um, we had a revival, and it was called Pack the Pew Night. Okay. And I was sitting at the very, at the wall, on the wall, uh-huh. and all these little nine-year-old girls, and our teacher was sitting at the end, and it's just like, Cynthia, it's time to get up and go down there and tell everybody that you love Jesus. Hmm. And it was like something just moved me up out and just moved me down and moved me up. Yeah. And while I'm going up, my dad's going down the other aisle, too. I mean, it was the same situation as this church, two aisles down. Yeah. And he's going down the other aisle. So he wasn't saved until then? No, he, right. Oh. And so he's going down the other aisle, and uh, which I didn't know and he didn't know. Huh. And um, I just felt like, you know, Jesus came to live in my heart at that time. Mm. And I knew, I knew that mm. I was saved. Yeah. And I, when, when I was baptized, I knew that my sins were forgiven. Yeah. And there's, I mean, and what a, what a beautiful testimony, say from nine years old, I've had that confidence, you know, to not have to find out the hard way that living for yourself is frequently a mess. Right. Exactly. You know, so, and I always thank my parents for raising us in such wonderful Christian home and being Mm. such good examples to Mm. us, you know, and not tolerating any stuff from my sister and I. And your mom was a believer all growing up? As far as I know, she okay. was, yeah. 
So there was always my grandfather was Baptist and my mom's, the other side of her family, they were Nazarenes. I remember attending the Nazarene church near my granddad's house when we lived in Tennessee before we mm-hmm. went to Germany. Mm-hmm. My mom always had us in church, a chapel mm-hmm. or, you mm-hmm. know, that yeah. when she found this church. Yeah. So it was always there for us. It was yeah. never, and we learned the Bible and we had a Bible and learned memory verses and... Sounds like a good grown-up. I loved coming to church. I loved training mm. union in church at mm. night, too, uh, because of, of my friends. You know? Yeah. I loved my church. You know, I love I love hearing that story, and we so pray for a future like that around here, where there'd be a real thriving youth group and young adult thing. Know. You know, it's such a hard—it's a, it's a very difficult ministry around here right now. It's very—you know, a part of it is because Fort Ord is not what Fort Ord was, and the area is very different, and— and, uh, yeah, but, you know, I love to hear stories about, yeah, I met my husband at church. Where else do you want your kids to meet their husband? I know. That's what, that's plan A. I know. Meet at church, find other Christian folks and live life with them. That's cool. Um, so 19, life is changing very quickly. Now you're a professional. You go from kind of student to professional to engaged in just a few months. Just a few months. And um, and then so w- when in all of this process does Mike go to Vietnam? So, you know, people say, your mom is one. Say, oh, you were a baby when you got married. I said, yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. When, when you live Vietnam, yeah. you grow up fast. That's right. Or so it seems. You mature yeah. really quickly. Um, so after we were married, actually on our wedding day or the day before, Mike had orders for Vietnam. Wow. What and year he, is this? 67. 67. Yeah. So, yeah. He was in the height of yeah. the Tet Offensive. Yeah. So they, he can tell the story much, much better than I am. So I would just say that he was supposed to leave within two months, I think it was, and they extended him, so he left in September. So we had four months together before he left. And is a lot of that four months, like Vietnam is the shadow in the corner at oh, all, all yeah. the time. So a lot of, is some of that like, making plans for him to be gone or um no no, it was just you guys just kind of were going let's just be married and let's just live life mike was a drill sergeant and he was gone 12 to 14 hours a day sometimes seven days a week Mm. you know so you just lived life around that his career and i was at crocker bank Mm -hmm. you know but we met some really good friends drill sergeant and his wife that now live in florida Mm-hmm. that we need to go visit. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the guys played baseball out at Fort Ord and mm-hmm. you just live life. Yeah. You know, you just you just kind of kept that back here. You know, yeah. he's going, but And then and then did you you had an apartment or a, a we place lived in town? down there where Big 5 is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We lived right behind there on Ramona. Okay. So, yeah. We did. It was a cool little apartment. Those are cool little places in yeah. there. You know, one of the things I love about seaside in general is you know, so I before I moved up here, I worked in a town called Irvine oh, in yeah. Southern California. That is 100% planned. Mm-hmm. This entire neighborhood, every house looks the same. Oh, you know oh, what I yeah, mean? I do. There's a green yeah. belt running through. Like yeah. it, it's very efficient way to live. Right. You know, like every neighborhood has a grocery store. This is church row. Mm-hmm. All the churches are here. All the whatever. But um, but I like how this was obviously not planned like that. <laughs> no. There are, there are no. lots of like different looking houses right next to you, and that neighborhood's one of them. It's like yes. apartment, two story house, triplex, whatever. You yeah, know? I know. <laughs> it's, it's just like that. Okay, cool. So that's a good place. That's a fun 
newly married kind of place to be, not too far from the beach, and yeah, kind of kind of close to to all you need. Um, so, uh, so you stayed there when he left? No, I moved back home. Yeah, that makes sense. I moved back home to save money. Yep. And so I saved. I can't remember how much he he could tell you how much he kept, but I I think he sent like ninety five percent of his salary home yeah and so i saved all that and, t- and then i saved some of my money too uh-huh. so when he got back you had a little nest egg we did and did you guys get were there letters back and forth yeah we did um i wrote him almost every day just uh-huh. you know page or page i sent him a package if you sent a package that was five pounds or less the government let you send send it for free Huh. so his request was like the little vienna sausages can of tuna <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. that the food was pretty crummy and yeah you know so dry socks and yeah. uh, i can't remember what else, you know what else yeah uh, ketchup packs of ketchup mm-hmm. you know send me packs of ketchup it's funny the things people miss you know we have uh friends that are missionaries in ethiopia mm-hmm. and they're always dying for us to send root beer oh like, <laughs> yeah they just can't get a, a root beer in yeah. ethiopia yeah so he's there what were you was there a sense of worry were you, was there fear? Did you have a piece about it? You know, um, I missed him. Ah, I missed him a lot. Yeah, yeah. A lot. Um, and then at times it felt like, oh, yeah, I really am married. Yeah. Am I married? Well, I mean, do four I re- months, you're do still. I re- do I remember him? Yeah. You know, do I remember his smell? Do I remember mm. how he feels? Mm. Do I remember him? Um, but my boss at Cracker Bank was a retired military sergeant, mm-hmm. first sergeant something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was really very sympathetic and very kind. And of course my dad was too, you know, and, and we're all living with somebody that we knew that was there or just gotten back or just going over. It was like the, the whole conversation for the culture. That's right. It yeah. was Vietnam. Yeah. It was Vietnam. I bet especially in a town like this where yes. Fort Ord is such a, just a huge part of the community. It is. Yeah, Absolutely. So, um, so how long was he gone? A year. Uh, that's a long time. Yeah. He was gone for a year and, uh, to the day. Uh, And at that time, Nixon was president and he said, if you have 90 days or less left in, in your time in service, you can get out. Oh, I see. So he came home from Vietnam and got out of. Right. Mike, Mike joined. So he had three years, Mm -hmm. you know. And so we've talked about that just recently. Why didn't you stay in the Army? I was used Mm. to the Army. My dad Mm -hmm. was in the Army. And um, (laughs) the old sergeant in Vietnam wanted to send him to Fort Polk, Louisiana for jungle Mm. training school. He was like, I'm not going there. Yeah. (laughs) And so. Well, and and it sounds like, too, you you sort of had it in your heart that you'd like to raise a family in one place or have a a sense of connection (laughs) to a place. We would have. But, you know, at that time when you're just, how old were we? Sounds like you were 20, 20, 21, something like that. So we were tw- we were 21 when he got out. We turned 21 when he was in. We were 20 when we got married, 21 mm-hmm. when he got out. Mm-hmm. So at that time, if you make the change, yep. you can do it. Yeah. But the longer you stay right, and you get entrenched as yep. civilians now, then you want to stay. You feel more dug in. There's something about the way people's <laughs> hearts are just crafted, too. I feel like I've we've had a lot of friends who are military that they're that I think, oh my gosh, especially for a wife who's, who's trying to figure out 
school for the kids and where the drapes go and all that kind of stuff that, that it, uh, that moving would be very difficult, but it's, it does seem like God's given some people just a real joy in it. You yeah. know, just like, Oh, we love the adventure of it and we like going. And, um, so you, so you stayed and have you been, when he came home, did you move to Pacific Grove or? No, we lived up in, in, um, Monta Vista. Okay. Behind oh. Soledad and some apartments up there. Oh, cool. All right. So when do kids come into the picture? So he came home in 68, 69. We moved to Pacific Grove and lived in a little house on 7th Street. And when Helen was born, she just turned 49 yesterday. <laughs> I can't believe I have a child that's 49. Uh, 1970. And we were there for five years uh-huh. in that little house on 7th uh-huh. Street. And I had met the people that we rented from when I worked at the bank. And Mrs. Wright, I think, came down and gave us our... By now we have Michael in 73. Mm-hmm. So now this is 74. She came down and gave us notice to move out. It's like, uh, yeah. We'd already looked, you know, and didn't have enough money saved yet for a really good down payment. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? <clears throat> so I called Mike and told him he was at Mercedes Benz. No, he was at Stahl Motor. No, he was at Westerfield. <laughs> he said, no, he was at Mercedes. <laughs> And because he went to work at Mercedes when Helen was two. Um, and I called him and he said, did you ask her if we could buy the house? And I went, buy the house? Huh. Buy the house? Yeah. What? He Is goes, that something people do? What? And he because she said something about we're going to hold the note or something like that. Yeah. I think I was just, I, you know, I had a little three-year-old and I had yeah. a baby. And I was like. And you've had this news just dropped on you. Mm-hmm. And um, so he talked to them and. They sold us a house on the private note. Wow! At seven, at then at seven and a half percent interest, which yeah. was really low then. Yeah. You know, so we've lived there. Michael will be how old are you? I'm forty five. I'll be forty six in okay. a month. Michael, Michael will be forty six in August. So we, we will live there forty five years. That's crazy. That I. My house. It's so neat. Yeah, you do have <laughs> such a such a great spot. Um. And you guys are so dug in in PG. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking about that the other day. I don't think Patrick knows this. I'm not sure if you do, but our house is two tent lots. You know that mm-hmm. Pacific Grove was a Methodist retreat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And they had a, a gate. A dry called, community. Yes. We were a dry community to 69. And the reason we are, are now wet communities to lower our property taxes. That's a joke. <laughs> it didn't work? No. Oh, what a bummer. So... Anyway, you know, they have the tent houses, and you can still find them in Pacific Grove, but our house actually sits on two tent lots. Hmm. So so you remember, like, it being a re- uh, Methodist retreat center? Well, to the respect that it wasn't when I went to work there. That, yeah. That was, but there was a lot of history there. Yeah. You know. And is that like a <laughs> Silomar, the conference crown there? Is it any, any way affiliated with all of that? I don't or think that's a, so. That's a separate thing. Yeah, that's okay. a separate thing because that's state. That's okay. a national park. You know, that's state. Yeah. Or well, there's that park. campground. There's a Silmar Conference ground. Yeah. Yeah. They are part of the state. That's beach. just part of the state yeah. beach thing. Yeah. And the, okay. the whole thing down yeah. there. But you can drive down and you can see. One of my friends said, "Show me a tent house," and uh-huh. I 
so right here and here, you know, like that. Uh -huh. Especially in, in downtown, more downtown. We're just three blocks from downtown, but more downtown. Yeah. And she said, I've driven by these all the time. I never knew they were tent houses. And I said, yeah. That's what those are. The frames, they dropped the canvas down in the summer <laughs> and, you know, rolled the canvas up in, when they left, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the summer. And what is it about PG? Like it is a, it, I don't, is quirky the right word? Like any good hometown, it's like got a particular personality. Right. Like there's some it has a particular feel. What is it that you love about you walk into places? And of course, my kids used to say, when you go downtown with mom, everybody knows her. Well, uh -huh. part of it started at the bank. Yeah, you know? of course. And then just being involved. I mean, the, the president of the Chamber of Commerce walks into the coffee shop. Yes. The other day when Sherry Peters and I were having coffee and says, uh -huh. hi, Cynthia, how are you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. I love it. It's Especially, literally a small town. <laughs> it's literally a small town. You walk into our bank and the manager gets up and comes out and gives you a hug. I mean, yeah. it is a small town. That's pretty rare in American life. You know, I go to Grove Market and Charlie Higuera, who I've known since 69, when he <laughs> and Dwight Langley bought it, uh -huh. comes around from the butcher counter and gives me a hug. Yeah. You know, that's cool. I mean, how could you not? love something like that yeah how could you I, you know mike would say but i wanted to move to the country well i'm sorry i'm not a country girl <laughs> you're a pg girl i'm a city i'm a city girl yeah yeah, yeah. for sure and so <clears throat> let's so where did you grow a love for teaching and being with little people and all of that i think probably from my kids yeah just for my kids and then um i went to work actually in preschool in 87 when Helen was a senior. Oh, really? And one of the reasons it was easy to retire by 2000 and 2000, our first granddaughter was born, Alexandra. So mm -hmm. I knew I'd get the little kid fix with Alexandra. Uh -huh. And I loved teaching here too when I was younger, Yeah. you know, teaching the kids. I, I was always skipping around to avoid teaching my own child. Mike was in second grade, now I'm teaching third, yeah. now he's in third, now I'm going back to second, you know, that kind of deal. Yeah, you're you already know. telling him Bible stories at home, yeah. you need somebody else to yeah. do it Yeah, he church. didn't need to see me 52 uh -huh. Sundays of the year yeah. as his Sunday school teacher, yeah. or, or Helen, either, you know, either one. Yeah. But I just, I just love PG. You know, yeah. I let you walk downtown, I'm in physical therapy down there. Uh-huh. Corner of Lighthouse and Forest in Stride. I mean, how much better does it get? Pretty good. Yeah. So tell me about working at the hospital. That's something that you feel like you, I would, that's a call. That's something you feel really gifted to do and feel like it's an important work and you've been doing it a long time. I started in November, 1995. Okay. And when I celebrated 20 years, as I was walking up on stage to be awarded a 20 year gift, uh-huh. Um, an acknowledgement. Um, Dr. Packer helped me up the stairs, you know, held his hand out, and he said to me quietly, did you ever think it would be this long? And I mm. said, I never thought about it. Yeah. I, I never thought about it. What's he, good about it? You meet really nice people, mm. and you meet some really unhappy people. Yeah. But when we used to wait tables at the first fountain court, now they come up and it give us their order mm -hmm. you really sometimes were able to witness to people and mm. sit for a moment and you know say i'm so sorry how can mm -hmm. i help you let's pray you don't quite get that anymore but it's just the doctors and the nurses and the families that come in i remember seeing your mom and dad up there when margaret ward fell mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and um, then i saw fitting up there just you know being up there it's like putting on the magic coat and 
yeah. feeling really good about it. You know, just the just the ministry of presence and of smiles and all of that is so important. You know, when I go to the hospital, it's usually do a pastoral visit. Right. And almost always nothing terribly bad has happened. Somebody's fallen ill, but they're getting better. Or, you know, they've whatever it is, it's very rarely super grave, mm-hmm. you know. So most of the time I'm there and I'm in a fine mood. Mm-hmm. I'm no big whoop, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a chance to sit with somebody and pray and enjoy some conversation. But I always notice, man, people coming out of that elevator are, there is every human emotion yes, there is. you can think of. There are some people that are going to meet their baby or their grandchild for the first, first time. time. Other people have just gotten great news and the person they love feels better. And then other people, you can just see the weight of the world on their shoulders. And they walk up to that little kiosk and are needing information. And just to have a pleasant person there is a huge, hugely important thing. It's really... And I told... Um, Mike, I said, you know, in my next life, I could be a barista because I've learned how to make all the coffee drinks. There you go. And all the milkshakes. And the minute I walk in, the gal that's on staff there will say, I'm so glad you're here. And she's gone because she knows I can take over for her uh-huh. and give her a uh-huh. break. Yeah. I, I just, I, there's just something rewarding about about mm. it and telling people, thank you so much for coming in. And, they'll, and people will say, volunteers are so important to us. Thank you for being here. And Dr. Mm-hmm. Packer comes down there and talks to us. And, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just a, we have an anesthesiologist that's also a DMV client. And every once in a while I catch him mm-hmm. and it's fun to talk to him. Yeah. You know, you I like just, people. I do. I, I do. It, it really, you know, people from the emergency room. And sometimes you're right. You can say they really are carrying a load. My mom's yeah. been in here. She's not yeah. doing well. Yeah. And, you know, my husband's been here for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You that's know, hard. Yeah. It is. Or I've had everything on the menu. Can you recommend anything else? <laughs> <laughs> is there a secret menu here? Is this like in and out? There's a secret. Well, let's broadcast it. Is there a secret menu there? Yeah, no. No? All not. right. All but, right. I, but I will tell you guys, we won Best Milkshake Award again. Is that right? Coast Weekly. That feels important. It does. The Best Milkshake on the Peninsula, on the peninsula is peninsula Chomp. Is Chomp. I can also say that the BLT is excellent. It's pretty well, good. Thanks. <laughs> yes. thanks. I'll, t- I'll tell our cooks that. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to figure out what the competition for best milkshake. RG Burger, pretty good milkshake. Hulu, Hula's, it's pretty good milkshake. I honestly have to say my milkshake experience in this area is not the highest. So <laughs> Man, what is asking. wrong with you? Dude, get some milkshakes You need in to you. come to the hospital. <laughs> we eat me here you need, make them. <laughs> okay. You need, you need more milkshakes. I need less milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> this new dad came in to me and said can you make me a a triple chocolate milkshake and i went well um we have chocolate milk Uh and chocolate ice cream yeah and how about chocolate syrup there it is and he said that's great so he took it down to his wife and new baby mm-hmm. and he came back and said she loved it <laughs> so he, glad he had just seen a baby enter the world yeah and he was prepared to get his wife whatever she, she wanted, wanted. <laughs> yes <laughs> i've experienced that i know what that's like well oh, let's talk fantastic. just let's let's wrap things up by telling me are you hopeful what gives you hope in the world every day gives me hope yeah especially you know i ran into a fellow that we know and he was walking and he said, how's retirement going? And he's, what are you doing? I said, I'm living life. Yeah. And I love it. That's cool. You know, 
having our grandchildren, I don't think you got to meet my son at Easter. I don't think I did, no. Michael and Aaron and Brogan and Brenna were here. And um, just being around my grandchildren and my yeah. children just gives me so much hope. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that the next day is going to be good. And our church is just I can't wait to get here on Mon- on Wednesday nights. I'm, mm. you know, my lesson's done. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, mm-hmm. and it's really fun to see you, mm-hmm. you know, when I get a chance to, mm-hmm. and to see you too, which is not too often, but, mm-hmm. you know, I love the women mm-hmm. that we have Bible study with. This is a very special place. Like just the sweetness of the family here is, it. you know, there's no... There's no magic formula. It's just people that love the Lord, that love on each other, and it's a neat place to be. It really is. I said to the pastor Easter Sunday, I got him over by myself for just five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I pulled him into the corridor where you walk in off of Wheeler. Mm-hmm. You know, we call it the tunnel. I don't know yeah. what you all call it. Yeah. And I said, how do you do it? Plus the Holy Spirit. And he said the scriptures. His uh, sermons are amazing. <laughs> Every Sunday, amazing. And Mike said when he comes in on Friday mornings for financial business that you're usually studying or finish studying or have more to study. And and I know you study a lot. I I know you have to. So that's another thing. It's just so exciting to come and, okay, what's he going to tell us today? Yeah. What are we going to hear today? The scriptures Mm -hmm. are a not a never ending like source of, I I don't, I don't even know the word inspiration, truth, hope. It really is like, Mm -hmm. it really is like, uh, you know, 45 years old and basically my entire entire adult life just studying the scriptures and I'm still mesmerized and confounded. You know, that's it too. Like so many times you're, you're, it's not like I've got them figured out. And so it's, it's just a joy to keep digging in. Well, what, what gives you, what gives you joy? Obviously your grandkids are on that list. What, what do you love to do? I love to be with Mike. I'm yeah. so glad we're yeah, retired. Cool. I, I'm just so glad that we're retired. And he's almost, God, he's almost finished. Yeah. He was in the office yesterday, almost all day, and he was in the office this morning. Then he goes to Rotary. Yeah. And I don't know about this afternoon. Yeah. You know, but just, I don't know. Everything gives me joy. That's I mean, cool. I'm not, I'm not a sad person. Yeah. You know, well, I my mean, friends give me joy. That's such an encouraging thing to hear. How many years? Fifty-two. Fifty-two. And to say, oh, you know what I like is to be with my husband. Yeah, that's that's my story too. Like, there's nobody else I'd rather be with than Tiffany. I, and and I do think that that keeping Jesus in the middle of of a marriage is so crucial in that. That's right. And uh, it's cool that you know you think that simple in Ecclesiastes. Just enjoy the wife of your youth. Just just well, look ha- at your yeah. Just look hang at your out parents. with the person. Yeah, yeah for the, sure. Yeah, 50, 50 years. I don't know. 50 years? My dad always makes the joke. He'll say, Grant, how old are you? 45. That means we've been married 34 years or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's actually, I'm about to be 46. I think they're 47 years. Actually, I think they're 50 years. Is it? In March. I think they were. I bought bought the wrong card then. (laughs) Go home and ask him. I think it is. March 4th. Yeah, it is March 4th. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. That a, and Patrick a, gets to join the... I get to join the ranks. That's yeah. right. Isn't you it, do. The journey. Isn't it it's ho- a journey. Isn't it hopeful to hear stories like that? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it's one of my... It, <laughs> it's one of the things, like, I started working at this church, and, of course, my parents had a good marriage, but, um, like, just the... 
the marriages that I had heard about, like the husband's kind of ah, the old ball and chain or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't yeah. like terrible. It wasn't like they were super mean. It was just like this always eye rolling kind of lack of excitement. Lack of, thank you. A lack <laughs> of excitement. And then we started working at this little church in Costa Mesa and there were three pastors on staff and all of them really spoke well about their wife. Mm-hmm. Like all the time, not in a overly sappy way. It just seemed like they were friends with their wife. And mm-hmm. that really made me go, oh, Hit home. that's what I want. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that I would really like to be like that, to be like that. I'm glad to know that's possible. Like it gave me it something does. to shoot for, you know. Um, and, you know, we're a couple of years behind you guys in the journey. And it's great to hear that, <laughs> that 52 will be as good as. Well, 23, like, yeah. I don't know how long Ross and Mary have been married, but Fenton and Margaret's like 63 years, I think, yeah. this year. Yeah. Ron and Linda's like 57. They were married yeah. five years before Mike and I. But I'll tell you, too, something funny. There's a bench outside Crocker Bank, and I think they may have taken it out when they put in the ATM machine, but you'd go outside if you ran a, an errand or a break uh-huh. or something, and there'd be these couple, three old guys sitting there, you know, really old at that time, yeah. it seemed like. Yeah. And I'd say, what are they doing out there? So, oh, their wives kicked them out of the house. They're retired and they get under their feet. They kicked them out of the house, so they come down here and sit on the bench and talk. And I went, oh, my gosh. That doesn't sound like as much fun. <laughs> no. Yeah. It, but really and truly, five days a week, there'd be these two or three old fellows out there just chatting away, having like a good the, time. Like the old guys in the balcony at the Muppet Show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> shooting the breeze complaining about everything there yeah. was a donut shop in yeah. santa maria where there'd be a group of yeah. about six or seven old guys smoking pipes and talking about cars yeah every morning every, every morning. morning went down for coffee every morning yep. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think there's a group in pacific grove that go to holly's every morning hmm. all right here's a question i need for you where's the best coffee in pacific grove mm. are you a coffee fan yeah um is it juice and java Juice and Java is pretty is good. good. Yeah. And then I think it's Carmel Roasting Company that's on down the street toward Pier 1 Imports. It's actually on the right-hand side going into Pacific Grove. Yeah. That's it's Sherry, it's, that's where Sherry and I meet all the time. And yeah, that's excellent. I think it's too. Carmel Roasting Company. All right. Yeah. It's good to know. So. Mm-hmm. I'm on a quest for the best cup of coffee. <laughs> Have you tried on your way home? Have you tried Hidden Fortress right here? No. It's where, right by the Weekly like, oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a coffee shop, and it's pretty. It's good real good. Joe. It's good too. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, um, that used to be a fabric store. <laughs> really? Well, I like the coffee place a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> that was like an upscale fabric store when oh, I took funny. sewing and and made a lot of stuff. Huh? Took it in school, and um, if you wanted to spend more money than yeah. you know, that's where you went. <laughs> if, if you were like, I want the same fabric, but I'd like to pay more for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that one in. That's excellent. Excellent. <laughs> well, Cynthia, it's uh, always so good to spend time with you. And well, it's great to hear your story a little bit and get to know you more. And I, uh, you know, love being church family with you. It's a good I time. I do, too. Yeah. I thank God every day for you. Oh, well that, every day. You know, I know that every ministry is carried by prayer, you know, and I, I so count on that. And I appreciate it. And now you're... Yeah, yeah, it's the musical ADD. <laughs> Play whatever. If, if they leave a sousaphone up there, I'll probably try to blow into that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, that's been Patrick Hawks over pulling levers and twisting knobs, and Cynthia Malorn has been our guest. And uh, everybody, have a great time. <laughs>